Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Jesus, one more hand clap in the house. Amen. Hey, will you welcome all of our campuses watching online right now, Owensboro? Let's welcome Amarillo. Welcome Dumas. Welcome Henderson right now. Um, thank you for being with us. We are, we are one church, many rooms, and I'm excited to get to minister the word of the Lord today. And I don't know about this, but, but about you, but whenever I come to the house of God, I come to do two things. Number one, I come to give something. Come on, somebody say give something. Amen? Too much of the American church, we've showed up at church not to ever give, but only to get. The Bible says when we come together, we should look for an opportunity to encourage one another. So whenever you come to the house of God, you ought to be looking for somebody to encourage, somebody to lift, somebody to speak into their life, because you really start to reap out of what you sow in life. So we come to give something, uh, but I also come to get something. Come on. Somebody say, I'm going to get something today, right? So, So as we give, I believe we also get. It's, it's the cycle of life. It's sowing and reaping. It's, it's putting in and getting out. And, and everything works like that. If it's a marriage, you better give something if you're going to get something. Right? In family, you better give something if you're, you're going to get something. Also in the workplace or whatever you're doing, it's just the way life works. So I believe we're going to give and we're going to get today and God is going to speak to us. Come on, let, let's pray together. We'll move right into the teaching of the word. Father, I thank you for the people under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Father, that this is a place of vision. Lord, I know that where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law happy is he. So today I pray and I declare fresh vision into all of our campuses, fresh vision into into the church in America, fresh vision for our families and our lives in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said, amen. Uh, Jesse and I, we got to get away for a couple of days, no kids uh, no ministry, no church, no news, no nothing. How I many know it's good to, to have a couple days where you do nothing? Can I get an amen out there? And um, people are like, well, where are you going to go? What are you going to do when you, when you get away for a couple days? I'm going to do nothing. I don't know if I'll even leave the hotel room. People go to see stuff. I don't want to see stuff anymore, right? I, I just want to stay in there and I, I want to hang out. Uh, I can't watch the news because it pulls me back to this world. So I'll sit in silence whenever I have a couple days off. But, but we went to uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, and, and we went out to eat a meal. We did go out of the room to eat a meal. And I went down to um, the square. There's a square in downtown Santa Fe. Real, real pretty square. Kind of feels old world down there. A lot of action. Um, it's funny. It's like we were the youngest people in Santa Fe by 20 years. It's, it's like Santa Fe's where old hippies go to die. That's, they're all there, and, you know, you can smell like weed and patchouli in the air everywhere. It's Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's weird. But I'm sitting, and Jesse and I are, are sitting. There's this corner place to eat on the square in New Mexico. I'm talking, it's a, it's a beautiful day. Skies are blue. You know, that you got mountains in the background. Skies are blue. They had all these flowers on this porch of this restaurant we're eating. And this woman walks up and pulls out a violin. And she starts playing a violin, and I'm telling you, she's as good as it gets. 
I, lo I love music. Anybody else love music out there? I, I, I love any kind of music like that. I, I love to hear it. So I'm listening to her, and, man, she's putting on a show. She's got everybody watching. She's incredible. And about five minutes later, another girl walks up about 20 yards down the way. And she pulls out a guitar that obviously no one ever taught her to tune anywhere before in her life, right? She gets out this guitar, and I think she knew one chord. I, I don't think she knew any other keys or anything else. And she starts trying to play like 90s alternative rock on this guitar that's not tuned. And she's drowning out the beautiful, perfect day, right? You got blue skies, you got violin, you got flowers, you got perfect food, eating green chili in New Mexico, and here comes the girl that thinks she's Kurt Cobain and has never tuned a guitar, and she's killing the mood, right? Have you ever been in a place where everything's perfect, but this one thing is killing the mood? Come on. Well, what about, what about a family meal that's so awesome, but then that one person walks in, and now it's terrible? Can I get an amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? So I'm trying to listen, and I can't get the gal to quit playing the guitar. I'm like, if we give her 100, maybe she'll stop over there. She'll get enough tips money, and we can, we can focus back. Um, what, what it happens is, is in this world, right, God's got some things for us to focus on, some things to move towards, some things to do in life. But a lot of times what the devil does, he is the Lord of the flies. He comes to distract, amen, to make you steal, to come to steal, kill, and destroy, and distract you from your focus. I believe the only reason men, women, businesses, churches fail, it's broken focus. What I believe God does so often in our lives, the world gets us out of focus. God comes back and gets us back into focus and gives us clear vision. Come on, we're going to be a church of clear vision and the right focus, and we're going forward, upward, and onward. Come on, let's really give God a hand clap. We're going to, we're going to have the right focus. Amen? God's going to bring us back into focus today. Amen. Uh, you know, there, there's a story in, in the Bible that I actually preached this about a year and a half ago, and I want to preach it again today about, about this focus because this story is so pertinent. If you have your Bible on you, I want you to open it up to 2 Kings. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6, and we'll start reading in verse 12. And this is a story about Elisha the prophet. Now, Elisha is a double portion man. All right, there, there are two of the, the mightiest prophets in the Old Testament. One is Elijah, and Elijah takes on, um, takes on Jezebel, takes on the prophets of Baal. As a matter of fact, he calls down fire on Mount Carmel, pretty amazing thing. Then he kills all the false prophets, and he has all of these prophetic duels. He's got, got so many miracles, and he had an assistant. Elijah had an assistant. It's hard to keep up and keep it right in your mind because his assistant's name was very close to his. So Elijah was prophet number one in the dynamic duo, and Elisha is prophet number two in the di dynamic duo. And Elisha actually serves Elijah until he's taken up to heaven in a whirlwind. How many of y'all want to go out of here in a whirlwind instead of a hearse? Doesn't that sound like a better deal? Come on, God, send a whirlwind or a chariot of fire or something like that for me. He, get, he, gets, he gets a different kind of elevator ride to heaven. And, and when he goes, uh, Elisha has said to him and asked him, said, Lord, but before you go, I want a double portion of your spirit to be upon me. You know, a lot of people will come up and they'll, they'll say in church and stuff like that, they'll, they'll, they'll see what a minister does and they'll come up and they'll say, hey, I want you to pray for me that, that I'll have a double portion of what's on your life will be on my life. But you can't just pray a double portion. 
on somebody's life. Can I get an amen out there? Doesn't work like that. I can't just lay my hands on you and give you that, although I believe in the, the authority and the power of the laying on of hands. See, for Elisha to get a double portion of Elijah's spirit, he had to serve the man of God. He had to be with the man of God. He had to pour water over the hands of the man of God. He had to go get the coffee and the egg McMuffins, and he had to put up with the good, the bad, and the ugly in Elijah. How many know all of us have the good, the bad, and the ugly in us? Three of you said amen. Come on, don't lie in the house of God. How many know all of us have the good, the bad, and the ugly in us? Can I get an amen out there? Thank God Jesus has forgiven the bad. We're going to forget about the ugly, and we're going to focus on the good. Amen? That's what we're going to do. But, but think about it. Elisha's up close to Elijah. Man, I, I don't know. You know, he, he, Elijah got suicidal. Uh, Elisha is, is seeing this man as he really is, seeing him not, not perfect but staying in the ring with him. And when he does that, Elijah tells him at the end of my life, if you see me when I go, you'll catch what I've got. It'll come on your life a double portion. What did he have to do to see him whenever he was going? He had to stay right there with him. My encouragement to every person under the sound of my voice is no matter if the devil tries to push you out or get you to quit or separate you from what you're called to, stay in the ring. Come on, stay with the prophet. Stay right there beside it. And what's on his life, a double portion will come upon your life. It's funny, Elijah even tries to sneak off and leave Elisha. Kind of almost tries to trick him to get him to, he's seeing, if, he's testing his metal, And he stays with him and he sees this anointing fall. So Elijah becomes a, a double portion prophet. Has twice as many miracles as Elijah does. Does twice the deeds in the Bible. And here's a time he was so powerful. Uh, another king wants to have him whacked. Puts a hit out on his life. Alright, 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 12 it says this. And one of his servants said, Hear my Lord, O king, uh, or none, none, my Lord, O king. The prophet who is in Israel tells the, the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. How many think that's a pretty cool trick to be able to strike a crowd with blindness, right? So it, with people, if y'all aren't like amen to me enough, I'll just be like blindness on you, right? And, and I'll get you amen in next Sunday. That's what I got to say. So, so uh, Elisha, they're, they're in war right now. Israel and the enemies of God are at war right now. By the way, the enemies of God that they're trying to take out Israel again right now, from the inside of our own country, right, tried to defund uh, the Iron Dome, some of the leftists. How many know if we bless Israel, God will bless us? And if we curse Israel, there'll be a curse on us nationally. How, this is a church. We support Israel. We stand with Israel. Come on, we're going to bless them. We're going to be blessed. We're a friend of the nation of Israel. Amen? So, so uh, Elisha, they're at war. And the king, the, the opposing king is coming up with plans 
strategies to go after Israel. But God would tell the prophet what, what the opposing king would say in his bedroom. He would know before you ever got there the words that were said. And he would go and he would report to the king of Israel what the plans were of the opposition, the opposing army. He had this prophetic edge. You know, I believe this. I believe as, as a people of God and the church of God, we are a prophetic people. Why? Because we're connected to Jesus, and Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. That's what it is. And so there's an edge on your life, a prophetic edge on your life, where you can know what your enemy's doing before they ever unveil their plan to their own camp. How many of y'all want to be a step or two steps or three steps ahead of your enemy? Amen? I want to be ahead of the enemy of my soul. The devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So I believe God can give you this prophetic edge. And uh, when you get a prophetic edge, you start living life different, right? Now, I'll do it. I'll use an analogy from uh, shooting pool. Anybody else out there raising a pool hole? Any kids with misspent youth? There's a few of us in here. Um, a lot of guys my age, you didn't grow up playing a lot of pool unless you really were an outlaw kid. And I was, so I learned to play pool very well. And, and here's the thing about pool, learning to shoot pool. Uh, you're not just making the shot in front of you. Let's see if you're playing nine ball, there's nine balls on the table, right? You gotta shoot them in order, you, you put the nine in last. So when you're shooting the, the first ball, after, after the rack is broken and, and people are starting to play, when you're shooting the one ball, you're not just thinking about making the one ball. Because if you make the one ball and you're not set up for the two ball, right, you're in trouble. So it's all about your leave. Right, not just thinking about the first shot, but thinking about the second shot. Where do I go after I make the two ball? Do I get set up? A good pool player will be five shots ahead in his mind, something like that. And a professional, the highest level, he's got every shot planned out from the moment they break and he's looking at the one ball. See, when God gives you a, a, a look into what your enemy's trying to do, you stop just trying to make the shot in front of you and you start thinking shots down the way. You start thinking about your leads. I say it like this. We start thinking about if we do this in our marriage, how is it going to affect our children's marriage in the future? What's the leave for the next generation? Amen? If I do this with my life, how is it going to affect the, the, the next person or the next person? Right? Every step in life is building for God to take us somewhere, and the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of the Lord. We need to start letting the Holy Spirit give us information about the enemy and planning our shots two or three shots ahead. Can I get an amen out there? I believe God can give us that wisdom where you can win in life because you got inside information. That makes you different than the world. Now, I'll tell you, I've been around prophetic people and just, I mean, we are prophetic because the Spirit's on us. Um, I, I was preaching in Chicago to, to Romanians. It's like a thousand young Romanians, spirit-filled Romanians. And I was talking about how kids in the church, uh, even when they're not paying attention, they're, they're, God's doing something in their life. My daughter, my nine-year-old, was in the, in the service. Now, I couldn't see her. She was, she was over to the side. And I said, my daughter right now, she's probably playing with her shoes or something. She's not paying attention. But the Spirit of God's doing something in her life. And Jessie was sitting by chapel, and chapel was playing with her shoes whenever I said that. And she looked up. She said, oh, my God, he knows. He knows. He knows what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'll know everything you do, child, for the rest of your life. God will tell me. Amen? So, so this prophet, he, he knows. And that's his difference. And because of his difference, the devil wants to take him out. Man, your difference makes you powerful. Come on, we're powerful, church, when we're different from the world. 
Whenever we walk like the world, live like the world, talk like the world, our difference is gone and we lose our power. But come on, his church is not going to be a church that lives like the world. We're going to come out from amongst them and be ye separate, saith the Lord of hosts, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. There's a difference about your life. The difference is so big, the devil tries to kill them. They send all these people down. They send armies down. Think about it. Think about calling out the SWAT team. Think about, think about getting uh, the military together, calling in the guard, right? Send them all down to a, to a church with one old prophet in it and his assistant to come get them. Pretty crazy, isn't it? So, so that's what the, the enemy of Israel does. They send all of this power down, send a bunch of people down to get this one prophet. And uh, his assistant gets up in the morning, walks out. He's going to go get the McMuffin or Starbucks or I guess that's commie coffee, whatever he's going to get. And he's going to get the stuff, and he walks out. He's getting the sleep out of his eyes, Elisha's assistant. And he looks up, and all of a sudden he realizes that the army of the enemy has him absolutely surrounded on every, every side. Now, that'll, that'll get your heart going in the morning. How many know you don't need a second cup of coffee whenever you walk out and you're totally surrounded by the camp of the enemy? He goes running in, he's freaking out. He goes to the prophet and he says, alas, my master, we're, we're, we're dead. They've got us cornered. Man, the enemy's here, it's over. And I love the prophet turns around to him and says, do not fear. Come on, turn to your neighbor at every campus and tell him, do not, do not fear. Come on, don't let, don't let fear control your life, right? How many of you know a lot of the world right now, we feel surrounded in a lot of ways? The last couple of years, y'all think fear's done some control? In America, y'all, do y'all think a spirit of fear maybe has control over the nations right now, right? Everybody's like this assistant. They're freaked out, rending their garments. What do we do? And I'll tell you, you're crazier when you're afraid than any other time in life. You know, the worst decisions we ever make, we make them when we're in fear. That's why you, you got to resist the spirit of fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. When fear comes at you, you got to tell it to go and leave in the name of Jesus. So I'm telling you, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Come on, say that out loud. Everybody say fear tolerated. Come on, say it. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Now, I'm not saying some fears aren't going to come after you, right? Everybody, whenever you walk out and you see an opposing army, a lot of people are going to have that 30-second that knee-jerk, oh, my Lord, what's happening here reaction. That, that's not sin. That's just fear trying to get its hold on you, right? That's you assessing the situation. But if you stay there in that mindset and don't fight it off and remember the promises, that's whenever fear starts to control. And fear likes to get its grips in people, make people think, man, tomorrow is, you're going to fall apart. Things aren't going to happen for you. Uh, there's an attack coming. You're never going to win. A lot of times those things aren't really coming. And even if they do, if you let fear control you, you don't just go through it when it happens, you go through it twice. Come on, we're not going to live in fear, we're going to live in faith. Somebody give God a hand clap. We're a faith people, not a fear people. Amen? And so, so the, the, the young man looks up, he freaks out. And, and, and the old prophet's like, just, just calm down, son. Just take a couple deep breaths, right? Don't freak, don't freak out. The, the young man can't see because of the problem. He lost his vision because of the problem. Here's what, here's what I think America's been like and the world's been like the last couple of years. We've just been trying to survive. 
just trying to live and not die from a virus with a 99.8% recovery rate. And that's crippled the earth. People are like, it'll kill you. Yeah, a lot of things will kill you. Have you noticed yet that all of us eventually die? How many of y'all want to live before that actually happens? Can I get an amen out there? Come on, how many of y'all really want to live before you act? I'm not that scared of dying. I'm scared of not really living. Can I get an amen out there? And so you watch, and, and the nations, it's like we feel like we're surrounded. The church, too, surrounded by this enemy, we don't know how to combat or overcome. And I'll tell you, a lot of it's just a front from the devil. I don't, even think, I don't even think it's gonna touch most of your lives in the capacity you think it would if we didn't give ourselves to a spirit of fear. And so vision has left our country, left our families, left the nations, left the church in a lot of places because we're focused on this enemy we feel like we're surrounded by. So people aren't building the businesses they used to, right? They're, they're not going to school. They're not finishing college. The, the church is a shell of what it used to be all across America. Why? Because where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. And I believe as a church, regardless of what the world's saying or the world's doing or the world's into, we as the church ought to remain a people of strong vision. We ought to have a goal. We ought to have something we're going for. We ought to, we ought to keep our heads up, our gloves up, our hearts up. Amen? And, and do what we're intended to do on the earth. You know, God, God spoke to me about a week and a half ago. I was standing in a service, and God spoke to me, and he was talking about the condition of the church nationally. God said, I'm going to restore vision to a remnant group of churches right now. They're going to see past this problem, and they're going to walk into the future, and they're going to be my answer for revival in the earth. Come on, his church. We want, we want restored vision so we can be the answer for revival in the earth. So, so there is a push out there to put us in neutral, to, to, to hold back what God's doing in the earth right now. And... Uh, I would say that this is simply a virus and simply an issue like that. If I didn't have a worldwide perspective and I didn't have film on other nations around the earth. Have you noticed, has anybody seen any film out of Australia recently? Have you all seen that? People can't go outside or people can't talk and they're, they're shooting crowds with rubber bullets and I'm telling you, totally trying to lock down a, a, a world take away all of their rights, all of their future, all of their individuality. See, this spirit wants to do that on the earth, but I'm telling you what, nothing can cage the church or the spirit of God. If we don't let it hold us in fear, we're gonna go forward and we're gonna live a life. Come on, I'm gonna live my life regardless of what the world does. Can I get an amen? How many of y'all wanna live your life at every campus? You wanna, you wanna live your life regardless of what the world does, amen? So, so here's what happens, the, the vision's all gone. Young, young man in training to be a prophet's freaked out. Old prophet walks out, prays one prayer. Prays open his eyes. Prays just a simple prayer. And all of a sudden he says, open his eyes that he may see. There are more with us than there are with them. I'm telling you, no matter how big the problem is, there is always more with us, church than there are with the camp of our enemy. Come on, there's always more with us than there are with them. If, you, if you, you get that in your mind and your heart, it'll change everything. 
When you walk in somewhere, you got to remember that you come as an ambassador from heaven and heaven backs your play. There is more with us than there are with the camp of my enemies. See, if you see yourself as an ambassador, you know heaven's with you. Right? An ambassador shows up to a foreign nation and he doesn't just come in his own name. He comes with the full-fledged authority of the nation that sent him out to be behind him. He's got their power, he's got their military, he's got their wealth, he's got their resources. Whenever you show up as an ambassador to a nation, there's more with you. If you come as an ambassador for America, there's more with you than there is any other nation whenever you show up. You know, we had a, we had a, a, a friend in, in the church we were a part of in Tulsa. We were kids, went to school at ORU. And uh, he, was, he was a big missions guy. In the church Victory Christian Center in Tulsa, uh, Pastor Billy Joe Doherty evangelized Russia whenever the Iron Curtain fell. As a matter of fact, a lot of people in Russia still call him the man that brought the gospel to Russia. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's pretty cool. Uh, he pastored us for three and a half years. He's, he's went on to be with the Lord now. But he, he was putting together these crusades. And it's, in Russia back then, it's not like you could send money ahead, right? It, it was a fallen, broken system. You brought cash whenever you came. So somebody had to fly in with thousands of dollars on them. These crusades cost, you know, 30000 50000 wherever you were going. And so Pastor Billy Joe was already over there, and another guy was coming with the money. He was one of the, one of the professors at the Bible school was coming with the money to pay for the crusade. And he gets off of one flight, and he's not hardly going to make it to the next flight. And he gets, he gets, he runs, he sprints down through the airport to make it to his connection. If not, they're going to have no money for the crusade. And he runs up to the gate where the airport or the airplane's going to take off. And they've already got the door shut. And he walks up and he says, I got to get on that plane. This is back before 9-11, so you could do so. I got to get on that plane. They said, we're sorry, sir, the door's sealed. No, no, you don't understand. I got to get on that plane. Why, why do you got to get on that plane? And all of a sudden he said it came out of his spirit. And he looked at her and said, I'm an ambassador and I have to get on this plane right now. She said, oh, you're an ambassador. Mr. Ambassador, we'll open up the gate. We'll let you ride on. And, and he, he's like, I'm walking on there, and I realize I hope she didn't ask me who I'm an ambassador from or to because I'm an ambassador from heaven to the nation of Russia. Come on, somebody. And, and everybody is with you. That's probably some sort of felony he committed, but it was for Jesus, so it's okay. Amen? As long as it's for Jesus. He got there, and they had the crusade. See, there are more with us than there are with the camp of our enemy. And so he, he prays and he says, open up his eyes. And all of a sudden, the young man's eyes are opened up. And he can see that the hills are on fire with the chariots of God and the angels of God and the help of heaven that they're all there. Here's what I believe. I believe even though you may feel surrounded, the army of your enemy is already surrounded by a more powerful army. The, the, the army of the commander of the Lord is with us. And if God be for us, church, who in the world? I said, if God be for us, church, if God be for us, church, if God be for us, who in the world could ever stand against us? So you gotta, you gotta see the right perspective. This young man's eyes are opened up and his vision is restored rightly. And then Elisha walks down, he, he prays one prayer. He says, Lord, strike my enemy with blindness. And all of a sudden, the whole crowd is blind. They're scared. The little old man of God is leading them out of there because there were more with him than there were with their enemy. Come on, let's give God a hand clap for the revelation at every campus. There are more with us 
than there are with our enemy. Come on, let's really give him a hand clap. There are more with us. There are more with us. There are more with us than there are with our enemy. Man, I, I, I don't want to live, I mean, so visionless. So many people so visionless. How many are tired of this visionless kind of life we got going on in America right now? Is anybody tired of that? Want to get back to really planning and going forward? Not waiting on the next whatever this is or that is. Let's live our life. Let all of them do what they will, but we're going to live our life full of vision, full of faith, with a goal. Amen? God wants to restore vision into this house. Wants us to begin to see again as a people what God can do with us, where he can take us. What, 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 what his plan and purpose is for our life. Tell you, you're, you're not just going to coast through life or, man, live to miss a virus and then die, you know, later on in life. I want to do something while I'm here. I want to get something done for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So what we're going to do as a church, at every campus, would you stand up right now? I'm, I'm, going, to pray, I'm going to pray for restored vision. Now, I believe it's, it's not just happening at this church. I believe God's doing this all, all over America in remnant-type churches, churches that are committed to the gospel, committed to, to stand for biblical truth and won't bow their knee to, to Nebuchadnezzar. I believe God's doing that. I want you to close your eyes for one moment. And as you close your physical eyes, I believe God's going to open some spiritual eyes right now. Oh, God, I, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray. If you're comfortable with it, lift a hand to heaven. I, I pray that you would open our eyes. Fresh vision. I curse that hopelessness. I curse that I don't know what's coming tomorrow. I curse that big question mark. It's been hanging over our life, hanging over our nation, hanging over our church. Right now, I release by faith the power of God, Lord, to bring fresh vision and fresh sight, spiritual sight. Open their spiritual eyes, O oh Lord. They can really see and walk forward in power and grace and anointing. Lord, Lord, I thank you that fear is gone, every spirit of fear right now. Every lying spirit of fear, I break your back. I break your back. I break your back in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I command fear to go. Lord, we're going to walk in faith again. We're going to walk as covenant men and women. We're going to walk as ambassadors again. With our head up as sons and daughters of God Most High. I say you don't have to be afraid anymore. You're a child of the King. There are more with you than there are with the camp of your enemy. Lift up your heart. Lift up your head. Lift up your hands. Know who your God is. God is, God is on you and in you and with you. And if God be for us, who in the world could ever be against us? Right now, I'm telling you, I, I sense that vision is being restored in lives. Vision is being restored in lives. Vision is being restored in lives. You're no longer blind. I declare you see with perfect prophetic vision the will and the plan and the purpose of God. I release that in Jesus' mighty name. Now I believe we receive it. Come on, say this out loud. Say, I declare I have fresh vision. I declare, I see with the eyes of God. I declare that God is doing a great thing in my life, in my family's life, and in this church's life. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap. God bless you.